Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This episode deals with serious and distressing content. Listener discretion is advised. It was so strong that it just pulled me in the water. The rope wrapped around my ankle and was pulling me under. Why did this happen to me? This is How I Survived. Stories of everyday people and how they survived against the odds. I'm your host, Beth Young. You know, am I going to die or what? I mean, I, I look back at it now and I thought, you know, how did I ever survive that? I think that I probably survived for a reason. How I survived. A perfect spring Saturday on the Nepean River in Western Sydney, 12-year-old twins Harriet and Audrey Davis took turns riding an inflatable tube behind their dad Stuart's new boat. Stuart's partner Mel and her son Brady joined in on the fun. In a video captured on that gorgeous sunny day, Harriet grips the handles tightly as the tube skims along the water, bouncing over waves. The wind whips her blonde hair back from her face and Harriet's grin stretches from ear to ear. Um, it's kind of, I like really enjoy it. Like it's just basically having fun like being a kid. And um, yeah, just being a kid, just having fun. That's why after tubing all day and dragging the tube back up onto the deck, Harriet's twin sister Audrey asked if they could have one more go before heading home. An awesome dad, of course Stuart said yes. So they took off in the boat to find a good spot on the river. Cruising along, the rope from the tube flapped in the wind. Picking up the long rope, Harriet wrapped it loosely around her left forearm, just above her wrist. I was probably sitting a bit like further back in the seat to try and like pull it back a little bit because it was getting pretty heavy. Dad said, is it heavy? And it actually was heavy, but I just said no. And then I got the wind, so I was like bouncing the tube around. It was so strong that it just pulled me in the water. A freak gust of wind had caught the tube and sent it flying, dragging Harriet with it. In a flash, the rope had fastened around her wrist before she crashed into the water below. It just pulled me straight in. Um, it's like getting dunked at the beach. Like, it just kind of, like, flipped me over, like, underwater. The rope wrapped around my ankles and was pulling me under. So I had to, like, rip it off my feet. Harriet thought she was going to drown. Unravelling herself underwater, she furiously kicked her way up to the surface and was horrified to find that the water around her had turned red. I got to the surface and I just thought, all right, I'm okay. I'll just been thrown off the boat. And I saw blood trails and I'm like, this is weird. And then I lifted up my arm to see if like, anything was wrong. Harriet's left hand, her dominant hand, was missing. The rope had ripped it off. It was pretty gruesome, um, like a lot of blood. 
tendons, muscle, bone, and yeah, the skin. And yeah, but it's just scary because I was 10 seconds earlier, I was on the boat with two hands and like 10 seconds after I was, had one hand. So I was pretty scared at that moment, thinking about what would happen in the future, basically. Hearing his little girl's desperate screams, Stuart turned the boat around, racing back towards Harriet. In the meantime, the brave kid tried to bridge the gap, doing her best to swim towards him. I just kept my arm like under the water because I didn't really want to terrify anyone. I didn't know what was going on at the time. Like, you were just in complete shock. Reaching for Harriet, Stuart grabbed her right arm, hauling her on board. As he pulled her up, he noticed her left hand was missing. Seeing blood pour from the wound, her twin sister Audrey was understandably hysterical. I just thought she was going to like pass away, so that was the scariest part. Instantly, the adults snapped into action, trying to call triple zero despite the patchy reception. Mel got a shirt to use as a tourniquet, and then, like, they just said to me, like, stay with me. Then, Harriet asked her dad a question no father should ever have to answer. Daddy, am I going to die? Stuart had the perfect response. No, sweetie, but your life will change forever. Inside, though, Stuart was panicking. Fearing his daughter could bleed to death, he tried to restart the boat, but the engine wouldn't turn over. They were stranded. Thankfully, that's the moment a jet skier appeared. I said, Dad, look, he's here, like, call him, wave out to him. So we waved him out and he came over and he said, mate, we've got an amputation, like, quickly. The stranger tried to get the boat started, but it was useless. Biting the bullet, Mel helped Harriet onto the back of the jet ski, then jumped on behind her. Stuart, Audrey and Brady stayed on board. And as the jet skier raced towards shore where emergency services were waiting, a terrifying thought hit Harriet. I was thinking in my head, what is this is the last time I'm ever going to see them again. I just thought, like, I just want it to be over. I just want to wake up, like, normal. I was just thinking, why did this happen to me at that point? I was alert, but I was kind of getting dozy just because of the blood box. Reaching the shore, a police officer ran into the water, scooped Harriet up and rushed her to the paramedics. Meanwhile, Stuart had to call his ex, the girl's mum, Belinda. At the shops buying groceries for dinner... She was just about to pull her car out of a parking space when the phone rang. Stuart called and I thought, oh, he's probably just saying to me, oh, you know, I'm just letting you know that, you know, the girls will be home in half an hour. And he said, um, there's been a horrible accident. Um, and Harriet, his words were, Harriet's lost her arm. It wasn't hand, it was Harriet's lost her arm. So he was beside himself, he was crying. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. There's been an accident and, you know, Harriet's arm's been ripped off. And clearly as a mother you hear that, you're not going to stay on the side of the road. So, you know, reverse my car, pull out, you know, and start speeding down the highway. Um, I basically got to the river in about 22 minutes. I, I think it was about 120 in an 80 zone the whole way down. I was beeping, I was zigzagging, you know, traffic. Definitely the most horrible moment of my life. Yeah. But, um... I literally pulled my car up and, you know, raced down and I found my little, her twin sister just beside herself shaking and clearly I grabbed Audrey and cuddled her. 
By now, Belinda knew Harriet had lost her hand, not her entire arm. Looking up, the petrified mum saw a familiar face. Her good friend's husband, Pete, a paramedic. He came up to me, grabbed me, and he goes, oh, my God, Bill, I didn't know it was one of yours. Um, so, you know, we grabbed, we cuddled, and I just said to him, Pete, Pete, please, please, just find my little girl's hand, just find my little girl's hand. Um, and that was very emotional for me because, you know, it's her left hand, you know, her wedding finger. She was she was left-hand dominant. <laughs> I don't know. I, clearly, I was focused on her life being saved, but... Imagine not having a hand to try it with or, you know, changing your baby's nappy or, you know, just all of those things to me just, I couldn't, I couldn't understand that not happening to my little girl. Racing to the hospital in a police car, Belinda had no idea what to expect. When I turned up, she had just come out of uh, having her x-rays done. So, yeah, I just sort of ran in and she was just the most calm <laughs> just normal calm and just looked at me and went, hi, mummy. <laughs> Harriet didn't have any time for tears. She wanted to look on the brave side. So the tough kid implemented a strict rule. If you cry, you get out. <laughs> yeah, I had to to mum a lot. If I cried, she kicked me out. She's uh, an amazing, strong little girl. Harriet did cry once, though. From the moment the rope had severed her hand, there was only a six-hour window in which it could be retrieved and reattached. Police divers had been searching tirelessly, but sadly, time had run out. My doctor came in. He said, I've got some bad news. Um, We couldn't find your hand. And obviously that upset me because that part of me had just, like, gone. So um, I was thinking, like... I just thought of the long term, basically, like, what am I going to do in the future? Like, I'm going to struggle with so many things, like, I won't be able to play netball again, I won't be able to do anything. In the hospital, I was, like, pinching myself, like, saying, this is probably a dream. you do anything to take your child's pain away. I'd cut off my left hand if I couldn't give it to her. Harriet very quickly changed her tune. After a sleepless night, her hospital room filled with medical staff surgeons, doctors, occupational therapists and grief counsellors to brief the family on what came next. And they went through the whole scenario and they spoke for probably, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And then they said, so Harriet, do you have any questions? And she said, so can I play netball again? And that's all she cared about was just the fact that, no, this, this is it and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be normal and I'm going to keep living my life. If that happened to me, I'd still be in a corner rocking. 48 hours after the accident, Harriet went into theatre and surgeons closed the wound. Just five days later, a determined Harriet decided to do a one-handed cartwheel on the hospital balcony. So um, I just had an urge to do it. I said, Mum, can I do it? She said, no way. She said, I want to do a cartwheel. And the nurse looked at the time. We said, no, you're not, Harriet. You're not doing a cartwheel. And she said, yes, I am. So she turned around and was talking to my auntie. And then we hear a noise and we turn around and we see these two feet flying in the air. And Harriet did her cartwheel. And I said, I just did a cartwheel and she, she just got angry. It was funny. And the nurse said to me, you're not going to be able to stop this child. You're not going to stop us from doing anything. And I'm like, I know. Belinda may have looked cross, but she was relieved that her cheeky, headstrong girl was as spunky as ever. 
Six days on, Harriet was allowed to go home. Keen to play netball again, she started practising straight away. The day I came home from the hospital, I taught myself in a day how to shoot with my right arm. I was probably up there for six hours trying to like, teach myself. I just kept on going. My mindset was, I'm going to play netball again. I, I need to try my best. A month on, Harriet was back at school. Then, one afternoon, six weeks after the accident, doctors finally gave her the go-ahead to play sport. She said, so mum, I'm playing netball tonight. And she did, finally joining her beloved team back on the court. I think every single person there had a tear in their eye. I think for me that was probably the most proudest moment of my life, just my little girl. She didn't care, like she didn't have her prosthesis. Her prosthesis wasn't coming for another six weeks, but to her that didn't matter. She just wanted to get out there and play netball. Not even a year on from the September 2018 accident, Harriet is getting the hang of using her right hand. Straight away, she practised writing with it, sending thank you cards to everyone involved in her rescue. Now she can write perfectly. She can even braid. It can still be a challenge, and Audrey says her fiercely independent twin hates to feel like she's being babied. And I was like, God put you in this situation with me, you could handle it. I do believe that God has a plan for her and he didn't let her go that day. It would have been about two weeks later she said she thought I was going to be a grandma that day. I thought I was going to die. And it's happened for a reason and it wasn't her time to go. Since, Harriet's dad, Stuart, has grappled with guilt. You know, he has this whole guilt factor. If he could turn back time, you know, oh my God, if I just turned my head one more time and I saw her wrap that rope around her wrist, I would have stopped. I don't blame him. It was an accident. It was a freak accident. For Harriet, the only way is up. She's not going to let a single thing get in her way. And she's learned some important lessons. Live like every day like you're watched and um, be grateful for what you have. To help Harriet with her ongoing medical costs, go to helpharrietheal.gofundraise.com.au. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you don't miss more incredible stories of survival. And of course, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. It really helps. This will be our last episode for Season 2, and thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back very soon with the very best, most inspiring survival stories. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.